KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. A new survey released in part by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation looked at economic hardship and who has been dealing with it during the COVID-19 pandemic, specifically during the recent surge fueled by the Delta variant. Now, this is also a time when a lot of the government programs put in place to help people during the pandemic started to expire. We wanted to dig into this poll, so we caught up with Dr. Avanel Joseph. She is the vice president for policy at the Robert Wood Johnson foundation. So just to start, kind of to set the baseline, what were you looking for in this poll? What what were the, the things you wanted to dig into? We wanted to survey households to see how COVID-19 has impacted them over time. Um, and in particular, as there were uh, various temporary federal policies like the eviction moratorium that were beginning to sunset, how what type of impact that had on households across the country. And kind of give me the top line. What did you find? So we surveyed over 3,000 households um, and we found a top line that nearly 40% of them are facing serious financial problems, that financial assistance through various federal programs, such as the eviction moratorium, such as food benefits and nutrition benefits, two thirds of the households were receiving that government assistance but there was still a sharp divide between households who were making $50,000 or less feeling serious financial um, strap, right? They have lost all of their savings as a result of COVID. They were facing serious financial problems that were snowballing into other aspects of their life. Those who were making above $50,000 a year were still feeling impacts, but the degree of their um, the degree in which they were feeling those impacts was much less than those who were essentially um, making less money per year. And it seems this is especially troubling because, you know, six, seven months ago, I think most of us thought we were in a good place as far as maybe finally getting on an off ramp. And then the Delta variant happened. And you mentioned a lot of these programs going away. They do go away because I think in good faith, a lot of people thought when they put them in place, well, by then we should be okay. But then it didn't seem like there was a lot of political courage to go back and say, you know, situations have changed. It just makes it all the the worse here that this the Delta variant hit as all these things started to to wash away. That's right. And I think it's the same it's the same families and the same workers, the same individuals who have been disproportionately impacted since the beginning of the pandemic, right? So these are people who are working in essential jobs. They are typically working hourly wage jobs in jobs that don't provide um, sometimes minimum wage, definitely don't provide paid leave, often don't provide any kind of health care. And um, yes, while I think many uh, in the country feel like life has gotten back to normal, for, for many of those families and workers, that's not the case. They're still getting impacted by the health and economic side effects of, of COVID. Instability in their jobs, instability in their housing situation, um, inability to be able to afford basic needs. Um, I think it demonstrates that even before COVID hit, we had a safety net that was full of these gaping holes. We attempted to sew some of those holes up temporarily with the American Rescue Plan and the stimulus bill that that Congress passed at the end of last year. 
But as those provisions, as those programs begin to sunset, we're seeing that those holes are opening and in some cases even wider than before. And it really calls for the need for us to do something that's not just a temporary fix, but that really does try to um, shore up the social safety net that exists in this country. You talked about the, the you know, under 50,000, over 50,000. Is this a situation where in a lot of these discussions I have on topics in this field, we're looking at people of color being hurt more, women being hurt more. Am I right to assume that these trends are what you found? Uh, that's exactly right. Um, half or more of the households that were um, reporting um, significant or serious financial problems, more than half of them were Latino, uh, Black, or Native American households. And uh, 32% of Asian households were also impacted as well. I think, yes, the, that is ex- exactly right. We see the impact um, more severely on, on women and on communities of color. When we look at this, one of the things I wanted to kind of inject in this, something I don't think people are talking about enough that seems to be a problem when it comes to financial problems, getting back to work, the, the striking lack of child care that is kind of at the heart of things, but doesn't seem to be discussed on the level, you know, when people kind of wring their hands, why hasn't the economy done X, Y, and Z? Well, who's going to watch the kids? Am I crazy? You're not crazy, Matt. I mean, you and I have spoken about um, our child care's woes in the past. I'm also a mother, working mother, and having some sort of stable child care is essential for me being able to get to work every day. And in many parts of the country, the child care infrastructure hasn't um, gotten back up to normal, hasn't gotten back up to capacity in any way, shape, or form, and in many cases is still incredibly unreliable. I think there has been um, a large conversation about the need for better roads and um, better rail system to get people to work. But a person can't leave their house in the first place to get on the road or the train if they don't have somebody to take care of their child. And if that child um, being taken care of isn't in a place that's both affordable and safe. Right. So I think child care and having um, that infrastructure shored up. Uh, is an absolute necessity if we want to get our economy back up and running. I'd also pair with that the need for universal paid leave system. I mean, if you are a parent and you have to choose between your child being sick or you going to work to put food on the table, it's just this impossible situation that has negative ramifications for both the parent and for the child. So I think the combination of both um, shoring up our our infrastructure around childcare in this country, making it affordable, making it high quality, as well as ensuring that um, all workers in this country have uh, access to paid leave is really essential. Why, and this is more of a big picture question, why are we such an outlier on this? You look at all these charts, you know, there are other capitalist countries, there are other free countries that seem to i'm not saying they're perfect but they they seem to at least be in the ballpark where this is addressed to a certain degree and we are just forgiven how much we have money wise as a country why can't we get this right is it because the people that make the decisions it doesn't affect them and yes maybe they think they know it's a problem but they don't really feel it i just i struggle to understand why we don't take this seriously or we haven't taken it seriously for however many years 
Yeah, I mean, it's a really great question. And I think it sort of um, sets up this larger value system question in this country. Like, do we value children? Do we value um, the next generation? Are we investing in it the same way that other countries do? And I think based on our policies, the answer to all of those questions would be no at this time. Um, You know, it, it is always a political debate when you have to make these sorts of investments because they do cost money as what what is the payoff, right? What is the exchange? And I think what many end up doing is looking at uh, what the short-term costs are and not what the long-term benefits and savings will be when you have healthier families, more productive uh, working people in a family because they have childcare that is reliable. Trying to measure out those outpoints and the benefits of those outpoints isn't as relied upon as the short-term, very clear economic money that has to go into paying for social programs. And I think, you know, a combination of, you know, our value system, a combination of what you're what you're saying, which is that many of the, the legislate legislators are, especially in Congress, are people who are way above you know reproductive age, usually have grown children. Um, so this isn't impacting them directly. And then combined with um, that economic calculus all just makes the political will to make this happen much more difficult to find. You've mentioned the word infrastructure a couple of times. We have heard ad nauseum the last few months about the president's infrastructure plan. There's the road bridges one, but then there's what people have called the human infrastructure plan. When you talk about stowing the holes in the the safety, social safety net, we don't know. I think something will get passed. We don't know what will get passed, but are there things in specifically that human infrastructure that could really help sow some of those social safety nets? Um, absolutely. But I always really try to shy away from the question of choosing between these programs because that's not how families live their life, right? It's not like, you know, oh, we get health care and that means we don't have to pay for food or, oh, look, they're giving us health care. And so it doesn't mean we have to pay our rent anymore. Um, All of these programs work in tandem to allow a family to uh, raise a child, to be productive, to um, to do the things that that are necessary to live a full life. Um, I think Congress has uh, an incredible opportunity in front of it right now with the negotiation of the reconciliation bill. And, and thinking about um, investing in children and families now that will lead to some really long-term benefits for this entire country. And to your earlier point about the short-term money, it seems to me one of the problems with the, the reconciliation bill that has a lot of the human infrastructure is people have allowed it to be dictated by this $3.5 trillion top-line number and not by focusing on these programs that could be life-changing and helping people. Instead, we just throw around these big numbers, which seem scary to a lot of people without like looking at the cost-benefit or how this will dictate people. It's almost tragic to me that this is how we, we look at these things instead of digging into the, the what and the how. And, you know, yes, it's a lot of money, but look what we can do with it. Yeah, and it's it seems like this big scary number, but it's also spread over a, uh, a long period of time. Ten years is what they're thinking. It's also a really small percentage of our gross national product. 
It is uh, really below the investment that many other countries have made in um, in creating these programs that help their children and families. Um, so it really is in the grand scheme of things, and it's being largely paid for through offsets of um, of other um, unfair tax provisions that have existed. So in its totality, it's a really small investment um, that has the potential to make some really big gains. I think um, the most disappointing thing about um, this reconciliation bill is that it's it's one that's being driven by only one political party. And I think that's that's a really disappointing point here. We're talking about investing in in children. We're talking about investing in the caretaking um, a scenario, which which helps both workers and families. We're talking about um, shoring up our um, our, our safety net, but also our just our economic system, so that families and, and workers can live a full life. And those things have become uh, a partisan discussion. And I think that's the most disappointing part in all of it. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.